Welcome to the European Parliamentary Research Service podcast on European capitals of culture. What do the cities of Matera in Italy, Plovdiv in Bulgaria and Kozice in Slovakia have in common? Easy one. They have all been European capitals of culture. But what is this cultural event about? How is a city chosen and how does it benefit from the experience? Stay with us. Some say culture is the glue that holds Europe together and advances it towards a more cohesive and inclusive society. To preserve and promote this shared cultural heritage and celebrate Europe's diversity as a source of richness, two European cities are chosen each year as Europe's cultural capitals. The initiative was developed in 1985 with Athens as the first title holder. Since then, almost 60 cities across the EU have been awarded the same title, turning this event into the third most important hosted in Europe after the Olympics and the World and European Football Championships. And it's increasingly popular. While in the early days a single city, usually the capital, was appointed by the national government, the opening up of the title to competitive bidding in the late 1990s unleashed an unprecedented number of applications. In 2016, no less than 16 Spanish cities were competing for the title and 15 Italian cities were vying to host the event in 2019. Actually, the success of the concept has been such that it has inspired other regions of the world to come up with similar concepts, like the American capital of culture. So what makes it so popular? Stay with us. Well, being a European capital of culture is seen to offer invaluable marketing opportunities for the winning city and its image. It serves as a catalyst for urban regeneration and development and helps raise the city's international profile. In 2013, for example, Marseille in France attracted a record number of 11 million visits. And each euro invested by public authorities in the Belgian city of Mons generated six euros for the local economy. So the initiative gives a strong boost to local economies and shines a spotlight on local artists and each city's unique cultural wealth. That's why so many cities nowadays compete for the title. But how are the winners chosen? Well, in principle, only cities in EU member states are eligible, although from 2021 and every three years thereafter, a third capital will be chosen from cities and countries that are candidates or potential candidates for membership or on countries that are part of the European Economic Area. And the chronological order of countries hosting the title until 2033 is set by the European Parliament and the Council together. Indeed, now six years before the title year, the selected host member states publish a call for applications, usually through the Ministry for Culture, so that interested cities can submit a proposal. All applications are then reviewed against a set of established criteria by a panel of independent experts in the field of culture appointed by the different European institutions. Now what do they look at? Well, they look at things like the European dimension of a proposal, its cultural and artistic value, its capacity to deliver, or its contribution to the long-term cultural, economic and social development of the host city. European capitals of culture are formally designated four years before the actual year. Now, you may be wondering, why so early? But actually, this long period of time is necessary for the planning and preparation of such a complex event. And as more and more cities enter the race, substantial sums of money are being spent, including on the bidding process. While in the early years of the programme, the average operating budget was around 25 million euros per city, this average has more than doubled to reach some 60 million euros per city. In comparison, the EU's financial contribution to the event is quite modest, 1.5 million euros per title holder, as it is expected that it will be topped up by local, public and private investment. 
Now, with rising budgets, there's also increased scrutiny by cities, national governments and the EU as to the wider benefits in terms of the cultural development, social cohesion and city image that most bids promise. This in turn has led to tighter monitoring and evaluation of the whole process, both by the European Commission and by the host cities themselves. And the event is facing an increasing number of challenges. For example, ensuring a good balance between different forms of artistic expression and between international names and local talent in order to avoid the emergence of cultural elites, but also how to better include and engage the local population. Other challenges are linked to the difficulty in overcoming social divides and the exhaustion of local funds dedicated to culture. But there's also a need to strike the right balance between political support and artistic freedom to avoid creating the impression that he who pays the piper calls the tune. However, and notwithstanding all these challenges, evaluations of the event are mostly positive and show that in general, being a European capital of culture helps boost economic growth and tourism, increases the sense of community and contributes to urban regeneration. But if you want to see this for yourself, take a look at the list of future host cities and pick one of them. You will surely not be disappointed. You're listening to European Parliamentary Research Service Podcasts. 